That's easy for you to say. You're an AI. You don't have to be locked in a room with an angry CEO staring at you. You're absolutely right. And I understand how challenging and intimidating these situations can be. Facing an angry CEO can be daunting, especially when trying to advocate for your team's well-being and agile principles. Here are some tips for handling these tough conversations. One, stay calm and professional. When dealing with an angry or frustrated person, staying calm yourself can help de-escalate the situation. Keep your tone even and your responses professional. Two, listen actively. Sometimes just being heard can calm a person down. Listen to the CEO's concerns without interrupting. Acknowledge their frustrations and show empathy. Three, use data and facts. Support your points with data and real examples from the team's experiences. This can help move the conversation from emotional reactions to logical decision-making. Four, offer solutions, not just problems. When you discuss challenges, also bring potential solutions. This shows you're proactive and committed to finding a way forward. Five, seek to understand their perspective. Try to understand the CEO's pressures and objectives. This can help you tailor your arguments in a way that aligns with their goals. Six, request follow-up meetings. If the conversation becomes too heated, suggest reconvening at a later time. This can give both parties time to cool down and think things over. Seven, build support. Before the meeting, gather support from other executives or stakeholders who understand and appreciate the agile approach. Having allies can be helpful. Eight, personal resilience. Remember to take care of your own well-being. Dealing with high-stress stress situations can be draining. So ensure you have strategies to manage your stress and emotions. These conversations are never easy, but they are often necessary for the health of the team and the success of the project. Your role as an Agile coach is crucial in advocating for best practices and a sustainable work environment. Remember, you're doing important work in trying to bridge these gaps. Welcome to Agile Clips, where we break down Agile into manageable pieces. I am a synthetic voice. In this episode, my masters, Steve and Santosh have a dialogue with ChatGPT4. Enjoy! Hey Steve! How are Hi, you? Santosh. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. A uh, little tired uh, from so much travel. I know. You've been a busy traveler recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as my boss said, well, uh, looks like you are living out of suitcase. I said, I keep on changing suitcase every time I come home. <laughs> <laughs> keep one ready for the packed for the next yes. trip. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So... Um, as we discussed uh, before coming to record this podcast, uh, what we are going to do today is uh, interview ChatGPT. Yes. <laughs> so I have the uh, the mobile app. Okay. And for technical reasons, I cannot have it really participate in the call whereby we could both talk to it. So I will ask it questions. Okay. And then... Uh, you will hear the answer. We'll, I mean, we'll both hear the answer. We'll discuss it amongst ourselves and maybe critique it or whatever, and then uh, go on to ask another question. Yeah, that's awesome. So you'll be the intermediary. Yes, correct. <laughs> All right. So uh, 
Do you have any ideas for the first question? No, it, let's start with anything and then then see where, where it goes. Okay, sounds good. So uh, again, this is going to be my voice asking the question and then uh, the mobile app talking back. All right. So do you have to type the question or you can no, ask the question vocally? Just ask. Oh. I'm an agile coach and I have a very large team that I'm working with. And it's much bigger than the normal ideal scrum team size. What challenges could that pose? Thinking. Working with a large team in Agile, especially larger than the ideal scrum team size, brings several challenges. Firstly, communication can become more complex. With more team members, it's harder to maintain clear, concise communication. This might lead to misunderstandings or important information getting lost. Secondly, there's a risk of reduced focus. Larger teams might struggle to focus on the most important tasks, leading to reduced efficiency. Thirdly, coordination can be a challenge. More team members mean more schedules and work styles to coordinate, which can slow down the process. Lastly, maintaining a strong team dynamic can be tough. It's harder to ensure everyone feels included and valued in a larger group. Addressing these challenges often requires additional structure and clear processes to ensure smooth team operation. Well, what I noticed is um, these had nothing to do with agility. Other than the first one, True. he said that, oh, this is bigger than the normal agile team. But all the other stuff that he said was basically any larger team would have the same issue. Very true. I also realized that if I stop it every time, because we're going to have our chat, it's going to lose the context. One of the oh. great things about chat GPT is yeah, it's, it's, it's really following on, yes, from the previous discussion. So I think that might be a problem, but we'll see what happens. So what should we ask it next? The... Something about Scrum versus Kanban in order to be agile with a, a larger team? Yeah, let, let's start there saying, you know, what, what, what guidance would you provide? So again, as a agile coach advising the team, what techniques could we use to manage this large group of people? For example, would Kanban be better suited than Scrum? As an agile coach, your role is to guide and support the team in implementing agile methodologies effectively. You'd focus on helping them embrace the agile mindset improve their processes, and solve challenges collaboratively. You might facilitate meetings like stand-ups or retrospectives, offer training, and work with them to identify and overcome obstacles. Do you have specific areas or challenges you're focusing on with your team? Yes, the team is very large, and we have problems in our ceremonies. They take too long, and generally things are not going very well. common challenges with large teams in agile settings. When ceremonies take too long or aren't effective, it's often a sign of needing more structure and focus. Here are a couple of suggestions. One, split the team. If the team is too large, consider splitting it into smaller cross-functional teams. Each can have its own ceremonies, reducing the number of participants and making meetings more manageable. Two, time box and agenda. Strictly time box each ceremony and set a clear agenda. This helps keep discussions focused and on track. Three, 
define roles, ensure everyone understands their role in each ceremony. For instance, in stand-ups, each member should quickly update on what they did, what they will do, and any blockers. Four, encourage preparation. Ask team members to come prepared to each ceremony. This can significantly reduce the time spent on updates or decision-making. Five, evaluate and adapt. Regularly ask for feedback on the ceremonies and be willing to adapt. Sometimes what works for one team may not work for another. Would you like to delve into specific ceremonies like stand-ups, planning meetings, or retrospectives for more tailored advice? Yes, tell me about how to run a daily stand-up with a large team. Running a daily stand-up with a large team can be challenging, but with the right approach, it can be effective. Here's how to do it. Focus on brevity and relevance. Encourage team members to be brief and stick to the essentials, what they worked on yesterday, what they will work on today, and any blockers. Each update should ideally take no more than a minute. Consider a walk the board approach. Instead of going around the room, focus on the tasks on the board. Discuss only those tasks that have updates or are blockers. This keeps the meeting focused on progress and impediments. Use a timer. Implement a strict time box for the meeting. For large teams, try to keep the stand-up under 15 to 20 minutes. A visible timer helps everyone stay conscious of the time limit. Split into smaller groups if needed. If the team is too large, consider splitting the stand-up into smaller groups based on functional areas or sub-projects. Each group can have its stand-up, focusing on more relevant updates for its members. Address blockers after the meeting. If someone raises a blocker, note it down and deal with it after the stand-up. The stand-up isn't the place to solve problems, but to identify them. Rotate the facilitator role. This keeps the stand-up dynamic and gives everyone a sense of ownership over the process. Encourage punctuality. Starting and ending on time respects everyone's schedule and increases the likelihood of full team participation. Remember, the key is to keep the stand-up short, focused, and efficient. Would you like tips on how to handle any specific challenges you've been facing during your stand-ups? Yes, we have uh, some people who just love to talk and they just keep going on and on. How do I deal with that? Dealing with team members who tend to speak at length during stand-ups is a common challenge. Here are some strategies to help manage this. Set clear expectations. At the start or even before the meeting, remind everyone of the purpose of the stand-up and the importance of being concise. Emphasize that it's about quick updates, not detailed discussions. Use a speaking token. Implement a physical or virtual token that gives the holder the right to speak. This visual cue can remind speakers to keep it brief. Intervene tactfully. If someone starts to go off track, gently intervene. You could say something like, that sounds important, but let's keep the details for a follow-up discussion after the stand-up. Post-meeting follow-ups. Encourage team members to hold detailed discussions after the stand-up. You can even facilitate by setting up brief follow-up meetings for complex issues. Feedback and coaching. Provide feedback to individuals who consistently speak for too long. Offer them coaching on how to give concise updates. Lead by example. Show how it's done. Give succinct updates yourself and demonstrate the kind of communication you expect from the team. Would you like more tips on how to give effective feedback or handle post-meeting discussions? So that wasn't too bad. Yeah, and I, it, it started uh, as, as a generic answer but then they had some good 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 ideas 
about you know how to handle the large teams and some ideas about how to control all that so that's that that was pretty and it was specific to the agile side it it did not catch the uh, kanban versus uh, scrum question right right uh, it went again in generic side which i think i think may be okay but it had some some uh, like the walk the board ideas and uh, yes that that, that, that was pretty good that overall was it was good yeah yeah it, it's not the canned answer that people would generally get so i i i think uh, it has some some intelligence <laughs> i think i have an idea the next time i'm interviewing for a job as a scrum master we'll just have chat gpt there answer you the questions <laughs> <laughs> Now, if these members are in a part of them are remote or, or part of them are distributed all over the world, and then how you do this kind of thing. So my team, or at least half of my team is uh, located in India and the rest is in California. So the time zone difference is a big problem. How can one deal with that in a scrum team? Handling time zone differences in a scrum team, especially with such a large gap as between India and California, can be challenging. Here are a few strategies. One, overlap hours. Identify a few hours where both teams are available. This might be early morning in California and late evening in India. Use this time for key meetings like daily stand-ups or sprint planning. Two, rotating meeting times. To share the inconvenience of odd hours, rotate meeting times so that it's not always the same team having to attend meetings at odd hours. Three, asynchronous communication. Leverage tools that support asynchronous work. This could include detailed handovers, recorded updates, or written summaries that can be reviewed by the other team when they start their day. Four, clear documentation. Ensure all decisions, changes, and updates are well-documented. This helps the other team catch up quickly without the need for real-time communication. Five, empower local decision-making. Allow each team to make certain decisions independently to keep work moving forward without waiting for the other team's input. Six, use of collaboration tools. Tools like Jira, Confluence, or Slack can help keep both teams on the same page and streamline communication. Remember, flexibility and understanding from all team members are key to making this work. Would you like more specific tips on any of these strategies? Yes. Tell me more about how to use these tools. Certainly. Using collaboration tools effectively can bridge the gap between teams in different time zones. Here's how you can leverage some popular tools. Jira. Use Jira for task management and tracking progress. Create a clear workflow and ensure all tasks are updated with the latest status. This allows team members to see what's been done, what's in progress, and what's pending without needing real-time communication. Confluence. This is great for documentation. Maintain a central knowledge base where all project-related documents are stored. This includes meeting notes, project plans, design documents, and more. Encourage teams to regularly update and check Confluence for the latest information. Slack. Slack can be used for both synchronous and asynchronous communication. Create dedicated channels for different topics or projects Lost his connection? Yes, I think so. Oh, but he, yeah, no, it was giving some really good uh, ideas. Yes. Um, 
Some of them are generic, some of them uh, actually to the point, which, which I am I'm a little surprised that actually it knows about what these tools do. Um, you know, especially Jira, Confluence, and uh, but it's it's it does does have a depth for sure. Yes, yes. I don't know if you've ever tried this, by the way. I was uh, my wife is Russian. Yeah, and I was at a party, and everybody was giving speeches in Russian. So I asked ChatGPT to give a speech in Russian, and it did it, and apparently it was perfect. It was oh, really wow. good. <laughs> so it's it's actually, I think, better at translating than Google Translate. Well, you know, one thing that I did was I uh, used the Google Lens to translate what was on a some chips, potato chips, I said, you know, translate that into French. It converted the picture, but the text and the font was exactly the same as that was on the wrapper. Wow. But it was in French. Then I asked it to change to Marathi. That's my mother tongue. And it had it in that script with the translate. I was like, this is really cool. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking the kinds of things that usually the teams or or maybe even I'm now trying to expand this a little bit beyond sex. Let's look at what the business agility would look like. If we have Great to idea. coach lead, business leaders in agile context, what kind of uh, guidance would we should have uh, specific to the business agility? All right. I'm actually thinking of something else also, which is uh, CEOs that who are very, very pushy and try and get people to do too many things and impose their requirements and mm -hmm. what impact that has. So to and how can to... the team say no to that? I'm an agile coach. I'm working with the executive team. What I've noticed is that they very strongly express uh, requirements and change project parameters like changing dates, changing the the scope, and the team doesn't know what to do because they want to work in an agile way, but they want to also get user feedback and not just be controlled by the leadership because they know that some of those ideas don't make sense. What can the team do and what can I do as an agile coach to resolve these challenges? It sounds like you're facing a common challenge in agile environments, balancing leadership directives with agile principles and team autonomy. Here are a few steps you can take. One, educate executives. Sometimes executives might not be fully aware of agile methodologies and principles. As an agile coach, you can offer to conduct a workshop or session for them, focusing on how agile works and the benefits of adhering to its principles, including respecting team autonomy and prioritizing customer feedback. Two, facilitate communication. Organize regular meetings where both the executive team and the agile teams can communicate. This can help in setting realistic expectations and understanding each other's perspectives. Encourage open dialogue about the impact of changing requirements and deadlines. Three, implement feedback loops. Encourage a system where user feedback is collected and analyzed regularly. Present this data to the leadership team to show the importance of user-centric development and how it aligns with business objectives. Four, 
advocate for agile principles. As the agile coach, you can serve as the voice of agile principles. Advocate for maintaining a sustainable pace, allowing the team to focus on quality and innovation rather than just meeting changing demands. Five, negotiate priorities. Work with the team and leadership to prioritize work. Help them understand the importance of a prioritized backlog that aligns with both user needs and business goals. Six, empower the team. Train your team in agile negotiation techniques. Empower them to discuss and negotiate scope changes with the leadership, focusing on the impact on the project's goals and timelines. By taking these steps, you can help bridge the gap between the executive team's expectations and the agile team's way of working, leading to a more harmonious and productive environment. Remember, change takes time, and consistent effort will be key in making a long-lasting impact. So one particular challenge that I have is that the CEO is uh, not only changing requirements, but also pushing a lot of work on the teams. So every time there is a uh, sales opportunity, the CEO says, we have to have this requirement, but he doesn't take away other requirements. So there's too much activity going on at the team level. How can I deal with that specific issue? Dealing with a CEO who frequently adds requirements without adjusting the existing workload can be challenging. Here are some strategies to handle this. One, capacity planning. Show the CEO how the current team's capacity is allocated to various tasks. Use visuals like burndown charts or capacity planning tools to make it clear what the team can handle within a sprint or a given time frame. Two, impact analysis. When new requirements are added, conduct an impact analysis. Present this to the CEO, demonstrating how each new requirement affects timelines, resources, and existing commitments. This helps in making the implications of added workload more tangible. Three, prioritization. Discussion. Encourage a discussion on prioritization. When new tasks come in, ask which existing tasks can be deprioritized or removed. This helps in maintaining a realistic workload and focuses on what's most important for the business. Four, set agile boundaries. Educate the CEO on agile principles, emphasizing sustainable development and quality over quantity. Explain how overloading the team can lead to burnout and reduced productivity in the long term. Five, feedback loop from teams. Facilitate a feedback mechanism where the development team can anonymously or openly share their concerns about workload and its impact on their work quality and morale. Share this feedback with the CEO to provide a clear picture of the team's state. Six, propose alternatives. Suggest alternative solutions like hiring temporary staff, outsourcing, or extending timelines to accommodate new requirements. This shows a proactive approach to problem solving. Seven, regular review meetings. Schedule regular review meetings with the CEO to discuss the team's progress and challenges. Use these meetings to realign expectations and review the workload. Your role as an Agile coach is crucial in navigating these conversations and ensuring that both the team's well-being and the organization's goals are considered. Building a strong case with data and constructive solutions can help in effectively communicating with the CEO. That's easy for you to say. You're an AI. You don't have to be locked in a room with an angry CEO staring at you. You're absolutely right and I understand how challenging and intimidating these situations can be. Facing an angry CEO can be daunting, especially when trying to advocate for your team's well-being and agile principles. Here are some tips for handling these tough conversations. One, stay calm and professional. 
when dealing with an angry or frustrated person, staying calm yourself can help de-escalate the situation. Keep your tone even and your responses professional. Two, listen actively. Sometimes just being heard can calm a person down. Listen to the CEO's concerns without interrupting. Acknowledge their frustrations and show empathy. Three, use data and facts. Support your points with data and real examples from the team's experiences. This can help move the conversation from emotional reactions to logical decision-making. Four, offer solutions, not just problems. When you discuss challenges, also bring potential solutions. This shows you're proactive and committed to finding a way forward. Five, seek to understand their perspective. Try to understand the CEO's pressures and objectives. This can help you tailor your arguments in a way that aligns with their goals. Six, request follow-up meetings. If the conversation becomes too heated, suggest reconvening at a later time. This can give both parties time to cool down and think things over. Seven, build support. Before the meeting, gather support from other executives or stakeholders who understand and appreciate the Agile approach. Having allies can be helpful. Eight, personal resilience. Remember to take care of your own well-being. Dealing with high-stress stress situations can be draining. So ensure you have strategies to manage your stress and emotions. These conversations are never easy, but they are often necessary for the health of the team and the success of the project. Your role as an Agile coach is crucial in advocating for best practices and a sustainable work environment. Remember, you're doing important work in trying to bridge these gaps. Wow. Yeah. That now was... it's a psychologist, not only a... Yeah. <laughs> He's going into the the CEO psyche of how to deal with, uh, and then your impact on you of how to handle the pressure. So that was surprising. That, that was interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm still trying to think about what those answers mean. Can you actually use those? You know, those are very generic answers. Again, it's one part as to how to teach agile principles, but how do you transfer that? I was I was hoping that it will go into that, but it didn't. I think it's it's a matter of drilling down and like yeah, di yeah. directing it where you want to go. But right, uh, right, right. But nevertheless, it was impressive in a theoretical sense. Yeah. But there's a big difference between understanding the theory and then putting it into practice, and knowing which technique to use when and. And yeah. there, there are a lot more layers of psychology than it referred yeah. to. <laughs> well, if you would have prodded that, it, I'm sure he would have gone more into the psychological details and stuff like that, uh, because it it felt like I was I was uh, thinking that he might come back and say, "Would you like to know the techniques?" Like you know, he asked before. I was like, "Hmm, let him ask that question," and we we'll say, "Yeah, yeah, okay." <laughs> Tell me more about that. But no, overall, it's 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 actually maybe a young coach kind of uh, answers. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it. Yes. So yeah, I I'm I'm impressed. I'm actually impressed. It's to encyclopedia. It's a, a mile wide and two inch thick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's putting things into practice and and responding in the situation in real time and dealing with people's emotions is it's different but it's definitely uh pretty knowledgeable <laughs> well i i thought 
you know, that's like a tool to get you started. So it could you know, give you the four, five, six things. And you can say, yeah, done this, done this. Ah, this is new. I'll, I'll try that. And then, then start drilling down. And maybe we start asking the next level questions once we start using that technique and say, oh, I, I try to use this. This is where I'm now. Now can you go in? So, yeah, there is there is a great potential right, right. there. Yeah, that's one thing that people say is that instead of staring at a blank page, if you interact with chat GPT, it gets you started, even though there may be things that are incorrect and you need to change quite a lot, but at least it's better than having like a writer's block and not being able to even start to write something. There, there you go. But, well, that, it's that's a similar thing. Yeah. As I mentioned to you, then when we ran that experiment uh, of using ChatGPT to do a, a story and say, you know, this is my problem we are trying to solve. Can you write a agile story for, user story for this? And it started writing that out. And then we realized, oh, the way we phrase the question it got interpreted differently than what we were trying to. So then we need to fine tune it till we got the right level of details in the story. And then we'll say, and we were going to do was that now use this story and build a JavaScript driven uh, routine that will actually do this. So what I'm trying to say is it's, you know, these are the areas where uh, there is a friction or a slowdown we could accelerate that whole process right when it slows down and train even the POs to uh, start writing those questions or uh, or posing those requirements in a way that as i think earlier we were saying you know if you are explaining to that uh, 12 year old that's almost like a asking chat, chat gpt to do that and you can get a more reasonable answers but yeah, we could compress end-to-end -end things much more robustly from this whole thing. Yeah, um, now uh, ChatGPT has a feature that allows you to create your own GPTs. So you can basically pre-programming it, pre-program it with a lot of context. Oh. So you can tell it, I'm a an ammo, I'm an agile coach, I focus on this area, and just give it as much information as you can. And then instead of having to include it in every question, it instead of using the general GPT, you say, I want to use this one. And you can have multiple oh, in nice. your account. So then you can have different ones tuned for different use cases. And, right. and it gives, uh, well, you know, the more succinct question, it gives you a very comprehensive answer. Yeah, I, I was uh, listening to one of the TED Talks. Looks like a Microsoft, uh, because it needs so much uh, energy, they uh, electrical energy, they are thinking of using a nuclear power to satisfy their uh, energy needs. So what they did was there are scientists which are actually working with the uh, NRC guidelines. They have like four or 500 pages of guidelines and it asking them for this type of this one, what are the uh, solutions for nuclear energy that we can build? And they are actually getting the solution as if NRC approved based Unbelievable. on- Unbelievable. Yeah. So that that is, you know, it took them six months, but they actually have a plan. 
which can build a nuclear power plant which will satisfy all the uh, NRC requirements. And <laughs> so, yeah, to your point, that's exact. This is focused GPT. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think we should end it there. I hope that our uh, audience found it entertaining. So all thank right. you, Santosh. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, take care and I'll see you in the new year. Yeah. So, uh, well, happy holidays. Thank you. And the same to all, all our right, listeners. Thank you. Bye. Bye.